This is Primary First, a podcast focused on helping Catalyst Health Network members improve the way they work and the results they achieve. This week on Primary First, we're wrapping up this four-part conversation with Dr. Trevor Huber and Dr. Eddie Furness. In the last two episodes, we took a deep dive on how patient outcomes and practice workflows can improve when personalized pharmacy care is integrated with the primary care experience. In this episode, Dr. Huber and Dr. Furness share their thoughts on how the pandemic has accelerated the technology adoption in their practices, the benefits and challenges they've seen from that, and other changes they'd like to see in the patient experience over the next few years. Uh, it's really kind of hard these days, it seems, to have a conversation that there's not some discussion about the pandemic and its impact on healthcare. I want to talk about that as it relates to technology, because there have been, um, you, you can't pick something up without reading about technology creeping into healthcare in a faster way these days because of the pandemic. And I know you both have embraced technology in your practices as well. So outside of the whole pharmacy solution, where have you seen the biggest impacts, do you think, with technology in the way you deliver care currently? I'll start with you, Trevor. I would say we're fairly early adopters with technology. I'm a younger guy, so my attitude is almost the more technology, the better, which sometimes is true and sometimes is not true. It really depends on what your workflow solutions are. Before the pandemic, our telemedicine visits were very, very minimal. We would do maybe one or two a week. And during the pandemic, we transitioned a large portion of our practice, like a lot of practices did, to adopting telemedicine um, very widespread, very quickly. And practicing in that way to try to make sure that your patients are being taken care of, but also that your staff is being protected, really forces you to find new solutions. And technology, many times, are the solutions that you need and rely on. An example of mine would be, in the very beginning, we were doing drive-through COVID testing at our clinic. And in order to minimize the amount of patient contact, the patient would drive up to the clinic in an alleyway we had. And one of our staff members would go out in full PPE, gown, mask, and everything. But we also but digital otoscopes and stethoscopes so that the nurse could listen to the heart and lungs and record the ENT exam so that I could actually listen to a patient's lungs having never seen them and never listened to them to make an adequate determination of does this patient need to go to the hospital for a possible pneumonia or not or can it be managed outpatient? So that was one area that we utilized technology that I would have never thought to need to use. And now I'm thinking about other ways of how can we use these types of technologies to bring healthcare to underserved areas where it's hard to get physicians into those areas to serve those populations. I utilize technology in practice. I mean, right from the beginning, uh, we started with, of course, EMR um, fresh. We didn't have any patients. We just started day one using EMRs. And then, of course, you add the patient portal. And we were already doing some telemedicine before COVID hit. So it was really easy to just transition into a a full telemedicine mode for a little while. Um, 
you know, our, our patients, our young patients love it. They think it's hip. They want to do it. Our, our, our Medicare patient, Medicare population um, really has a hard time. So we had to keep those avenues open with, with uh, telephone calls. But as the telephone calls ramped up, um, we, we also, we turned to technology again, um, to, a, to, to texting platforms, uh, where patients can text us and we can text back, you know, to, to using zoom as our telemedicine platform, just trying to use best of breed, um, to, to taking cues from catalyst on their catalyst one platform, um, being able to do, uh, to do video visits with pharmacists, um, just about questions, not necessarily pa- with patients, just between us uh, with questions on medications. Um, technology is going to drive uh, virtual primary care where a lot of large corporations are pushing. They want to be able to access that that care um, in, in those ways. And I, I do think that's the future of medicine and practices that, that ignore that and don't at least give some nod to technology are, are going to have difficulty in the future. I think you definitely have to be able to leverage it because there are going to be times where you're not using a lot of telemedicine. I definitely did not get into this to be a teledoc. I love seeing patients in the clinic and I love that relationship And there are many things that it requires me to have a hands-on approach, but we're recording this February 4th and everybody in North Texas is closed because of the ice and snowstorm. And we were able to literally turn back on our telemedicine platforms very quickly and transition everybody over to that to the point where I saw 20 patients this morning, all via telemedicine. Because ultimately, we want to make sure that we can deliver health care to patients when they need it. And that's, that's essential for our population to know that they can call and rely on us, regardless of what the weather may be outside, whether it's a pandemic or a snowstorm, whatever it may be, that we're going to do everything we can to bring health care to them. That's a great call out. Three years ago, this weather, practices would be closed. Patients wouldn't be seen. Um, and it is completely different now. I think really across the network, you've got practices now that they've flex, they've already flexed that muscle. They know how to turn on and off their telehealth visits. And I think yeah, you're you're, uh, you're in the majority there. Most of the practices, I think, have, have pivoted to virtual for today and yesterday. So um, definitely some, some advancement. No one's going to accuse either one of you of waiting for change to happen. You make it happen. So I appreciate your uh, your learnings and I do want to ask you one more question, then I'll let you both go. Uh, we'll start with you, Eddie. So uh, this is a fun Imagine question. If you could wave a magic wand and change three things about the current patient care experience, what would you like to see change? I would like to see an easier experience for, um, for patients um, accessing care, trying to go to urgent cares and and and. ERs and using, you know, various platforms from um, different telehealth providers on weekends. So I'd, I'd like to have a more integrated experience with patients. I'd like it to be easier for the practices and physicians to take care of patients in a way that they think is best and in a way that does not burden themselves, the practice, or the patient with unnecessary testing and care. Um, and the third thing is I really would like some, some advances in those technologies, and I think they'll come to, to make it more seamless. 
um, we all have issues with with our Zoom meetings. The patient have has issues connecting their audio, um, and sometimes their video. Sometimes it's garbled. Sometimes they don't even have a connection because their internet's not working. Um, I'd like to see some more advancement in technology to make it just work. And I think that would be helpful. I think my number one thing that I would like to see change is the value of primary care being appreciated by all of the players in the markets. Jamie Dimon was on a very, very recent um, business show a couple of weeks ago saying that he thinks every American should have access to primary care, should have a primary care physician, which I think is vitally important for the health of our nation and for any nation that wants to be healthy and successful. And in order to remove those barriers to care to access the primary care physicians, I think it's essential to really push insurance companies um, as well as employers to provide either no copay or low copay primary care visits. Because when you invest in primary care and make sure that your patients are tied into a primary care physician, the health of that patient improves and the cost of that patient decreases. So that would be my number one thing that I would love to see change in the future is that the, the right emphasis on primary care being applied and for the policies to follow through with that, which I do see a lot of progress being made towards that. The number two is communication between everybody in healthcare. A lot of the platforms that we're using at Catalyst, we are trying the best we can to make sure that we're communicating with the other physicians and hospitals that are involved with the care of these patients. And there's always going to be room for improvement. Ultimately, I'd like to see everybody to be able to, whatever platform you use, all the platforms talk to each other. So it's very seamless in that if somebody goes into the hospital, we don't need to rely on manpower. Our technology will simply tell us exactly what's happening in our EMR system with what the patient's having done at the hospital, which would drastically re reduce the cost of duplicitous, un unneeded test. And that's it for this episode of Primary First in this series with Dr. Trevor Huber and Dr. Eddie Furness. Join us next time as we continue to explore the value of primary care and the commitment to innovation that's required to bring that value to more people.